Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the dinner table. I am so glad you're here with me, and I'm also so glad to have a return, a repeat offender at the dinner table conversation, Kim Rios, my dear longtime friend. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. It's really good to be here. Yay. All right. One of the things I love, you you show up, and that has always mattered to me. You know, if I, I say, try. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think... I've thought about it a lot and you know, this time that I've been going through and just learning some new things. And I know that you've been single and you've been living this life. And of course your kids were younger whenever all the things have been occurring for you. I was thinking about you the other day and I was thinking about how you, you show up, you know, and you take the time to go out. And I think that part of that is, I think you really appreciate a lot of the things that I do. I think that's part of it. I hope that's oh, part definitely. of it. I always enjoy coming out here for yeah. one. Yeah. It's like my happy place. Well, even at the Grow Local, I mean, you were there too. Mm -hmm. You know, you showed up for that stuff too. But I also think that what I'm learning is, is that I've got to show up. If I want to like meet people and be out there and not be isolated all the time, I, I have to show up. Yeah. You know? I think I really, I really love my community. Yeah. And so I, I just show up for that. You know, um, yeah. Day of the Dead, you know, with K-Space and um, which is coming up if any of you want to volunteer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just it's important, I think, my community. To show up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to be there. I appreciate the longtime friendship that we've had. And I appreciate the way that you talk about, you know, the farm and hearing your experiences with the farm. One of the first things you said when you came in the door today was like, okay, I've had a day I'm in a mood, but I'm so glad to be here mm -hmm. because when I walk on to the farm. Oh, I instantly opened my car door and I just felt good, yeah. good again. <laughs> it, it means so much for me to hear that, not just from you because, you know, we're close friends. And one thing I'll tell you, and this is one of the things I love about you is that, and, and one of the things that we have very much in common is this like intense truth telling. Like if I say it, then I mean it. I'm not oh, just definitely. saying it. So mm -hmm. there's that. But at the same time, you know, when it's a close friend, there's, you know, there's always a, a perception of a, a little bit of a prejudice. Like, you, oh, well, she really likes it because she's, they're really good friends, you know, that kind of thing. But I hear that from other people. I hear the, about the vibe, the feeling of being here at the farm. And that's so important to me because that's that am above anything else that I do is what I'm trying to create out here is that safe space for people to come and heal mm -hmm. really. And you do a great job of it. Thank it's you. It's really nice out here. It means so much to me because I need that. And I know my spiritual beliefs is there is no separation between any of us, which means if I need it, you need it. Right. We all, we all need it. <laughs> we all need it. <laughs> Let me tell exactly. you. Exactly. We all need it. And so I, I'm glad that you're here and I'm glad that you came out. Thank you for all of your honesty um, of, of everything. And then you did another thing on your way out here for me that was a huge help. I got baby chicks today. This is another one of those new season of Aislinn, um, taking on things by myself. You know, it's not, I'm the one cooking now <laughs> and I'm the one getting the chickens now. And I got, the thing about it is, and we were talking about this at dinner time. I did all these things prior before yeah i mean i got chickens by myself prior i cooked by myself prior i was good at it i could handle it you know all of that and so it's kind of this strange sensation about stepping into each new season each new month each new phase of what's happening and getting the baby chicks today was a thing so I got 21 little tiny baby chicks. They're so cute, a little peep, 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 peep. The reason I get them in September is because it's a warm time of year and they need to be, they need to be 95 degrees because they're a day old when I get them in the mail. My post, postman brought them this morning. How and exciting. I know, right? And he pulled up and he was like, I was like, you have my babies. And he was like, yeah. And so then he wanted to talk to me. He wanted to ask me advice because he has chickens. And he was like, um, September the 29th, I'm having a full moon happy hour, uh, tasting event here at the farm. If anybody's interested in coming out to it, I have 14 reservations still available. Kim's going to come out and help me out with that as well. 
And that's going to be really nice because you're just here on the farm and I'm going to put together delicious foods, things you might've heard about here on the podcast, definitely things that are happening from my farm. So anything that we've produced out here, anything we've grown, but then also anything that I can find from my farmers at the farmer's market. I've got some feta goat cheese from Lobro Farms. I've got some smoked pork tenderloin from Turkey Hollow. Um, we're just going to pull out all the good stuff. And I'm really grateful to have your help to come out and be a part of that yeah, with me. And I'm also excited about that moon energy. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Such a great feeling. How did you, did you get involved in the um, the moon the other day? Oh, I did. I did too. Me and the kids always make a list of what we uh -huh. want to release. Uh -huh. And we read our list to the moon and then we burn it um, separately, of course. Yeah. But um, it's a lot of fun. And I, I, I like that I've gotten my kids involved with that, mm -hmm. you know. The timing of this last moon release was really big mm -hmm. for me. Like, and and it felt like I I actually feel like I released some oh, really really big really big shit that I needed to release. Big and energy. I was really glad to to be a part of that. And so thanks for helping me out with the um, bulb for the baby chicks. Of course. And I'll let you guys all know the details of how chick raising occurs. Um, now that I'm doing all of that stuff by myself. Uh, I also got to catch up on The Bear Season 2. Got Hulu hooked up on my uh, TV over here, you know, with my magical ways. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I freaking love that show so much. It's a good show. I'm only, I've only watched the first season and maybe one episode, um, but I have to go finish it. It's, yeah, I've heard great things. I'm a weird binger of certain things. It's not unusual, especially in the summertime for me, because I go out in the morning and I'm out there in the heat at 8 a.m. and I'm working till, you know, noon or so. If it's other times of the year when it's a little bit cooler, I do the same thing, but at a different, you know, a little bit later in the day. But it wears me out. I mean, it it sucks all of the energy out of me. And so what I do then instead, in addition to just like keeping the house clean, chop wood, carry water, you know, just getting stuff done, do the things with my hands that need to be done. You know, I'll sit behind the laptop and work on stuff that needs to be worked on on the computer. Um, I'll work on my budget, I'll pay bills, but then I also will do things like prepare my basil to make basil salts or, um, shell black eyed peas or whatever. Well, if I'm not on my computer working, which even sometimes it, some certain shows, I can just turn them on in the background. And, and I've kind of found myself, I'm like the ladies that used to watch soap operas in the middle of the day, you know, like yes. that's basically what's happening with me, um. you know? Um, and I got on the bear the other day and I, I think I watched the whole thing in like a day or two days. I don't even nice. it, like, but that show means so much to me because some of the things that you and I even talked about at dinner time about just, you know, being in the present moment, you know, but like everything that can go wrong. Cause they're trying to open a restaurant in season two. And everything that can go wrong is going wrong. Mm -hmm. Plus, they're all screaming and hollering at each other, like the whole entire time. You know, the, the Italian family is just screaming and hollering at each other all the time. But everything always works out, you know? Yep. And then there's situations, and I don't want to tell you what happens at the very end, but they get locked in to situations that had they done something different and, know, and, and knew that if they'd done this thing, then they would get trapped into this problem, mm -hmm. right? And I'm telling you all, I'm saying it this way because I don't want to spoil, you know, spoil things that happen. Basically, you see them seeing their way into and out of problems. There's an episode where the cousin, the cu cousin, they call him cousin every time, cousin, cousin, cousin. I, I think they call each other cousin all the time, but uh, he goes and works at the restaurant that, um, that Carmi used to work at, you know, he goes and works because he's trying to get him to like learn some front of the house stuff. And he kind of is acting like an ass the whole time because they've asked him to like, uh, wash the forks, like mm -hmm. wipe the forks down. And he's like, you know, basically like, I'm too good for this, you know? And then finally the manager like takes him outside and he's like, listen, uh, he asks him first, he goes, um, so you've drank the Kool-Aid here too, you know? Cause he's like, listen, I love this place. And you know, whatever. And finally the guy goes, um, you know, people come to this restaurant. It's a three-star Michelin. It's really expensive. It's but it's a it's a scene. 
and they've come to Chicago, maybe on vacation or something special is going on in their life. And these meals really mean something to them. Mm -hmm. And he also talked about how um, getting sober, the, the guy that was telling, talking to the other guy, kind of trying to explain to him why these things are important, why we have to act the way we act, you know, whatever. He's like, when I was getting sober, the one thing that really like helped me was service to people, serving people. And so when that, when I went through that whole process of, you know, getting sober and everything like that, and then I started working in a restaurant, it's like, I just loved serving people. And it, it flipped the guy. It got him like all of a sudden he, you know, was at the front of the house and he was just like a completely different person. And there was a point when they would show him uh, his alarm going off at 530 AM. And you, you know, this feeling we all do. His alarm was going off at 530 AM. He's like, rolling out of bed and coming in late and you know, whatever. But then by the end of his like week long work stint at this place, he, he was like up you know, five minutes before the alarm mm -hmm. got up and he was just like happy to get there. And he had seen the shift in what we do is just this really special. And the guy even talked to him about healing and caring for people like a hospital, like mm -hmm. hospitality, like this is a place that we can care for people and offer them something special. And, you know, Bellino's you're a server at Bellino's. I am. And I, I, I feel that way. We do. We, I mean, I think we take a lot of care and a lot of pride in mm -hmm. what we do. Um, I always say I, I like to serve people the way I like to be served. Yeah. You know, um, I want my needs to be anticipated, you know, I just, mm -hmm. just, I don't know, going above and beyond. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, it's, it's kind of nice to work at a place that cares so much about that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And it has really good food. Yeah. That's great food. And the thing about it is, is that in Corpus Christi, when people go to Bellino's, it's usually something special. I mean, yes, there's a group of people that that's the family restaurant and they go there every week, you know, and sometimes you know, twice. Yeah. Um, but generally most people, right. They're on a date or, yeah, you know, it's um, a special graduation, event. something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and that is, and then, and you saying, I just care about my community, you know, mm -hmm. and it takes like, and, and so it, it, there's something about that show that is really like spoke to me in a way about like, you know, shit happens, life happens, life's loud and it's hard. And our, uh, every single one of us has some story from our parents. That's just, you know, like dysfunction junction, you know, like all of that. But at the same time, what we do with that afterwards as adults and how we interact with our loved ones and our family and how we communicate what's important to us. And they're just, I, I just got this feeling last night where I was just like, there's something really special about this show. And I think that that is, you know, I'm curious to know what the chefs would think about this show, the bear, whether they think, you know, that, you know, it's similar to what's really happening in the back of the I house. I just remember one time or the first season and all the tickets are coming and, you know, yes. or like the machine. Uh -huh, yeah. And yeah. Um, one of the cooks, Bellino was like, oh we, yeah, we understand that, you yeah. know, definitely. It was like traumatic. Freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, and she goes through that chef goes through a thing where she's like, she's working through her shit too. She's working through the idea of failure, failing, failing again and, and, um, having to convince her dad, you know, that what she's doing is something important. And he's over here like, well, you know, you could get this, you know, the nine to five job, mm -hmm. you could just go do the thing, you know? And I'm like, everything about the storylines, all the different particular storylines, it's like, it all hits so close to home. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated that. And I'm, I'm enjoying it. So I, I'm eager to, uh, to hear what, what more people think as they start to watch season two, because I think season two is even better than season one. Wow. Although, I mean, I feel like I need to go, I mean, I binged that show so fast the first season that I just remember like, oh, it doesn't surprise me that I would binge it so fast the second, second season because right. it just, it's just so fantastic. I just loved it so much. So, um, I was also curious about your thoughts, uh, just cause you and I are so similar in kind of where we are in life and what we're going through and our known each other a long time. W what are your thoughts about, did you hear last week's episode with Michelle? I did. 
did you, what do you think about I hypnosis? What do you think it was about? Super interesting. I just really like that episode. I'd really like to try it. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. I, I'm wondering if that wouldn't be something that would help you out too. Mm -hmm. Cause I, cause now I've gone twice. Uh, the second time she, she put me under like so quick. And I, and I think, I think I'm just like falling asleep, taking a nap. She's like, no, you're alert because mm -hmm. I ask you to like raise a finger and you raise a finger. I ask you to like nod your head and you nod your head. And I'm like, really? It's and it's so interesting. It is. It's weird. I would say that like maybe the intimidating part for somebody might be like, oh, you're like asleep and she's still got you like doing things. So what is she saying to you? You know, like, right. but I can tell you that I feel better. I feel better after two sessions with her. I feel like it was the jump start that I needed. Ripping that old identity, those things that I just couldn't seem to like get through. I think uh, knowing what I've been through and having listened to me communicate for a while, she can hear things that I say and you know how I feel about things. And I think she's just eager to see what kind of healing she can do with me right no, you know? she seems very just very knowledgeable in her field um mm -hmm. i listened this morning actually uh-huh um but i really enjoyed her yeah really enjoyed her yeah it was really good so all of that healing stuff and i i, I would say you know give it a try when the timing is right for you mm -hmm. i would i would suggest that you go for it because um i think that might be exactly what you're looking for is the jump start the kick starts like revving an engine like pulling an engine like you know you get kind of you get in these you know, I know that like after 40 something years of life, we get into these, we get really good and we're doing all the things and everything's going great. And we're, we're focusing on, you know, we're not thinking negative thoughts about ourselves all the time. And we're, you know, having positive attitude and things are going great and we're creative and all this stuff's going and we're following out our, all of our habits really well. And then all of a sudden we get into this like, dip this mm -hmm. depression this tower moment the this slump yeah the two tower moments yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like how the hell like and, and and in those moments it's like i'm never gonna get out of this i'm just gonna feel like this for the rest of my life what's the point why am i here why am i why, why do i even want to live like who wants to live this is horrible this mm -hmm. is the worst you know whatever i tend to be one of those people thank god i had kids because that's the thing that always pulls me up like or um, the fact that I have, um, that I, I'm an, an accountable person, which means that I've committed to something. That's what always gets me out of the slump. Cause it's like, I, yeah, you're like, I, I got, I got shit to do people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't have time for this. I don't shit. have time for this. I like to say that. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, all of that being said, we're still hosting garden healing every Monday out here at the farm. Uh, this time of year it's hot. So come early in the morning. Um, you know, eight to 11 kind of situation. As the temperatures start to cool off, I'll be outside till later in the day. Uh, the best thing to do if you want to come out for garden healing is to send me a message just in case, you know, who knows, what if I got sick or something like that, just to make sure, you know, also know that you can pick up eggs. I've got any of my produce, extra produce. I'm always going to start to have that available. Um, anything I'm making out here at the farm, the salts, the red wine vinegars, all that kind of stuff. I'm also picking up plants. So I have plants for sale. So coming out to garden healing on Mondays, basically the farm is open. Uh, you can pop in and out. You can just come by to say hi, or you can come and just piddle with me in the garden. I told somebody today that it is, I struggle with PTSD. I constantly have been seeking ways to just be healthy and grounded and handle myself. And for me, it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning about opening this space up and it just being this healing space for other people, for me to share, you know, what I've learned or whatever. And, and that's really what garden healing is about. It's just about being here. And if that means we're piddling in the garden together and we're getting our hands in the dirt, that's good for you. That's healthy, but it's also healthy for you to just get some sunshine, mm -hmm. to have some fresh air, to walk D. around, to just be outside, you know, um, gardening. You, you said it today. You, you said, uh, man, I just, I'm, I'm taking care of some things for my, some plants for my parents mm -hmm. or whatever. And I went out and I was just watering and, you know, it's super just, cathartic. It makes you feel good. Mm. You know, just being outside, understanding that grounding um, is just essential. And it's just when we're in that slump, it's so easy to just get stuck in the couch, it just is. stuck there. But just once, I mean, once you make it outside, you're just instantly mood changed, you know? 
Yes. It's nice. Yeah. I love it. And I don't know what I... Well, tonight's meal was very interesting. Just number one, because what I love about the conversations now is that there's lots of talk happening while we're cooking dinner. And my little distracted self, it gets very easily distracted. And so some of the things are, are working. Some of the things are not working while I'm talking, but I'm trying really hard to stay focused. And then in addition to that, there's a lot of experimenting going on with my food. That's the reason why I often wasn't the one that cooked mm -hmm. was because I, I'm real experimental, you know, and I might make some stuff that just screws everything up, right? I don't follow the directions. I don't, you know, whatever. But I also feel like you let that lets the ingredient shine through. Uh huh. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the point. That's the right, thing is right. that I'm going to mm -hmm. focus on, okay, this is what I have. And then I'm going to experiment and find a way. And then also add the experiment of I'm trying really hard to do everything uh, as close to the anti inflammatory protocols. I've been using that term a lot more than autoimmune because telling people they have inflammation is easier than explaining to them that they have an autoimmune disorder. It sounds better. Yeah, just, it's just, well, because saying somebody has an autoimmune disorder is like, well, you can't diagnose me. And I'm like, okay, you're right. I can't, but you have inflammation, right? You have pain in your joints, eczema, the, 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 all the things. Oh yeah, I have that. Okay. Then you have leaky gut and dysbiosis is occurring and that's causing the, 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 you know, whatever, but either way it, every recipe I have to go through and find a version that will closest meet with the least amount of um, inflammatory things basically. And so this week, uh, I had harvested, I harvested so much basil that I ended up having to throw a bunch of it out to the chickens because I just couldn't get it cooked fast enough. You see that ginormous bowl over there. That's I probably do. about two foot wide. It was full of basil to the top. And so I was making basil pesto, but I made a five minute nut free dairy free pesto. And I was about to tell you off mic, um, that my armpits smell so bad right now <laughs> because I've eaten so much garlic mm -hmm. in the last couple days <laughs> because I made all that basil pesto. Um, but it's really delicious. And regardless of like what our palates are, or uh, we, we grew up in an American diet and an American diet means we sit in front of the TV and we eat chips and dip and we eat snacks and we eat cookies and we eat this and cereal, we eat that. Yeah. Yeah. Sugary cereal. All the things that we grew up eating. Mm -hmm. Right. And so to go on a diet means, oh, you're not supposed to eat any of the snack foods that, you know, you've been habitually eating for, you know, 40 years or however long your parents were letting you eat that kind of stuff. So I have come up with just like all of these different ways to do it. And this basil pesto um, was, was really, really good. good for like, just, I could dip my chips in it and just eat it like that. And so I ate a ton of it. I probably ate like four cups of it. It just like, you know, and ridiculous amounts of gar uh, garlic in it. But what's good about it is it's the nut free, dairy free version. And um, of course, lots of garlic, olive oil. Um, it says two cups of fresh basil and, or you can use some spinach leaves or arugula. When I made it this past week, which I'm going to sell some of it at the farmer's market. That's the reason why I made so much of it. And I'm going to probably make some more of it. Um, I didn't add the arugula to that, but when I made it tonight for our recipe, I did add the arugula to it. And then nutritional yeast instead of Parmesan cheese. So um, two tablespoons of nutritional yeast and then a salt. And then you could add uh, red pepper flakes to it if you're not doing, um, that's it. Uh, pepper, red pepper, nightshades, those are um, inflammatory. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make myself choose to not put red pepper or hot sauce on everything like I used to. Um, I'm not saying I can't have any, but I'm not just constantly putting, you know, basically I'm not constantly putting inflammatory things in every, yeah. every diet I eat. Right. I also made this week a, um, Tabasco sauce that I'm going to have for sale at the farmer's market in Rockport. And, um, it turned out really, really good. Mm -hmm. And I actually, on Monday, uh, quite a few people came out this last Monday for Labor Day and I sold several bottles of it and got lots of compliments on it. Good. And that's real simple. And I just grew, you know, m my Tabascos that I grew and then it's just vinegar. Basically that's, you know, garlic. You add some garlic into it if you want. You could do other things to the recipe if you want to, but, and I have these pretty little bottles that I ordered from Amazon. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, the creativity of cooking and doing things for my 
of business has really become a lot of fun. Oh, that looks fun. I was um, perusing your little checking out all my yes, stuff over it was there. Nice, very nice. You tasted my superstar salt it tonight. Was very good. I made another batch of that, so I'm going to have some of that for sale. Um, it's it's fun. It's fun to do these things, and I'm and I I guess I had kind of forgotten. You know, um, I was listening to some TikTok video or whatever. And it was a woman saying that as she got back into her entrepreneurial spirit, got back to working at home again, um, she discovered a couple of things. Number one, it's so much easier to run your business if your house is clean. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, it's funny because I've, I've learned that like, I enjoy cleaning my house now and little, little, little pops of things. I'm, I'm, I don't enjoy cleaning the toilet, but um, pretty much everything else I mean, is no big deal. <laughs> I, I guess nobody, oh. I don't know. Like the thing that I have to not do is to get compulsive about it. It rained yesterday here at the farm and um, I was walking in and out of the house, um, watering and just kind of taking care of things. And I left foot footprints on the floor. Well, if nobody's here, I don't give a crap about the footprints on the floor, but you were about to show up. And so I was literally down on the floor just with a rag and a spray bottle, just cleaning up the footprints. I didn't have to mop the whole damn floor. Oh, I just yeah. needed to clean that one just little spot, mm -hmm. you know, so back to the chop wood, carry water, just keep doing that. But she also talked about, and this is the thing that I, th I think goes back to like cooking and cleaning the kitchen and all that. But she said, being at the sink, doing the dishes is actually meditative. And I was like, yes, it is. it is, it is. And it used to be a moment of resentment instead of being this positive meditative time for me all my life. If I was over at the kitchen sink, I was grumbling about doing the dishes and, uh, and the kids uh, and just total negativity. And now I hear myself like saying nice things and I'm just really enjoying the hot water and really cleaning and you just flip just, that switch just you know in your switch. head yeah yeah it's positive yeah. Mm. yeah yeah it's a new season of Aislinn man there's all kinds of new things occurring so that basil pesto got me the idea I was like okay well basil pesto seasonality tons of basil and basically what's happening at the dinner table is Whatever I have an overflow of abundance of yeah. is what I end up cooking with. So last week was frittata. Well, my eggs were doing really good. I've got lots of eggs now, so let's do a frittata. Well, this week is like massive amounts of basil. Okay, well, let's make some kind of basil pesto pasta or whatever. So I made crispy chicken thighs with pasta and pesto. Really simple. You cook the, the chicken. I did it in the cast iron. You cook that first, then you cook the pasta. I use those jovial grain-free grain noodles. And then after you've cooked those, then you cook the pasta and then you pour the pasta back into the drippings from the chicken in the cast iron, put in a, a little bit of chicken broth in the, and then put the pesto in there and stir the noodles around, which I have to admit that the noodles, the jovial noodles don't hold up well when you like cook and then recook, like um, they kind of fall apart. So if you're, so if you don't need jovial noodles and you can eat grain, you know, you could eat gluten-free and they stay together even better. Or if you can eat regular pasta, that would probably be better than, you know, what I use, but it works out just fine. So then you put all that stuff back in the cast iron and then you put the chicken on top of that with a little bit of pesto and then you pop that in the oven, which I think whenever I was cooking the chicken, I, I was trying to cook it. And I, and then I thought later on, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to put it back in the oven again, which is probably finishes, why you, right. it finishes. Mm -hmm. I thought it was pretty tasty. Oh, it was excellent. I mean, I, I literally don't eat chicken uh -huh. unless I'm here. Yeah. Like I, one time we did fried chicken yeah, and it was yeah, like yeah, cold right. and yeah. I think yeah. I had like two pieces <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. I even ate the skin, which is like unheard of. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Crazy things are happening out here on the farm. I know. Yeah. And chicken is just easy and it's the least expensive pasture raised price points that I purchase things. Chicken is still less expensive oh, than, yeah, for sure. than other things. And so that's the reason why I chose that. But I thought that, that was really good. I liked the way, even though the noodles cooked down maybe a little more than I liked, I liked the way the pesto, like putting in the oven, like cooked it into the pasta. The mm -hmm. pesto flavor was, was like tasty. cooked into the pasta. And so it wasn't the most beautiful dish I've made, uh, it, but it was tasty. And it was definitely something that you could feed to your kids. A very easy, like just quick, easy meal to make. Um, making that pesto in your food chopper takes like five minutes. Like, it's not even a thing. 
Um, and so that's one I would definitely suggest that, that people try out. And then of course we made our, our salad with the okra and the mm, pears so good. and you know, I just throw the greens together from the grocery store. I never point. had Malabar spinach and it was really nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I threw that in there too. And then, okay. So last week we talked about the purple salt, Redmond salt with uh, pea flour, pea flour dyes the salt. My friend Sandy made that for me. Well, I may, I got the idea of taking the seeds from the Malabar spinach, which if anybody knows Malabar spinach, you know that the seeds have this maroon like purple dye. And so if you touch the seeds, they're going to leave purple all over your hands. So I was like, huh? So I took those with the salt, chopped it in my food processor and it's now purple salt with, it doesn't really even have any flavor of anything. It's just purple salt. It's so really I found pretty. another way to, <laughs> to use the, the Malabar dye. And you could take that Malabar stuff and do other types. Like I was telling my friend, Michelle, when she was out here, she's an artist and she paints and does all kinds of very creative, like imaginative things. And I told her, cause her um, husband bought one of the Malabar spinach plants while he was out here. I said, take those when you get it growing and it'll be better next season because it's a hot, hot, it doesn't like all. the reason it had all, you notice it had all those little like dots on it. Mm -hmm. That's because that plant had gotten a lot of water. Um, it, that plant wants to be hardly any water, the heat of the summer. Um, but it's green. You can eat, you know, even with that, but you could take the seeds when it makes its seeds and actually just draw with them and paint with them. Interesting. You could also dye um, cloth. Well, I was thinking I have something I need to dye. You could totally do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just a matter of going and collecting all the seeds. And I have plants that have it on it. So come out on a Monday and mm -hmm. collect some Malabar seeds. So, okay. And then the other thing that I made, because we have a ton of pears out here and we didn't end up canning pears this year. Number one, because we still have canned pears from last year because we made so many canned pears. My mom and dad made so many canned pears last year. And then my mom and dad uh, went on some trips this year at the timing. Um, so we didn't have any pears canned this year. So I've been cooking the pears and using them for all different things, putting them in salads and whatever. And I decided I wanted to try to make some kind of a pear bread. And so I made banana pear bread, paleo, no added sugar. That's a big deal, the no added sugar. Like wheat and sugar are like the two, like, no, I'm not, I don't want those. I don't want those around at all. I don't want to eat them. I don't want to be a part of them. I don't want to, you know, whatever. So then it's like, okay, well, that takes out a lot of your desserts, basically, if you're cutting out wheat and sugar. So to find this recipe, one medium banana, the, you know, the super brown bananas, uh, a pear, three large eggs, vanilla, almond flour, tapioca flour, coconut flour, cinnamon, baking soda, and salt. And I made that and the bread itself was really tasty. Really good. You like that? Mm -hmm. Really good. I felt like it needed to be like dressed up a little bit. So I got this idea in my head last night. I was like, okay. I want to try it out because, you know, we've got this tasting event coming up on September the 29th and I want to try, you know, pears are probably going to be somewhere in this whole mixture because, you know, we've got pears. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, well, I can make the bread and then I could make some kind of like caramelized pear. So I looked up all the recipes and now I'm trying to do it without sugar, you know, but I'm like, honey, I could use honey because I got all some delicious honey and I'm like, oh, what can I do? And so I find this recipe and it is called easy cinnamon sauteed pears. So I'm like, okay, I want to drizzle some pears and some, some sauteed pears, some caramelized pears on top of the bread with some honey. And I'm going to serve that up with dinner table tonight. And in my mind, it was just going to be just like on the bear. Like it was just going to be like this three-star Michelin like, <laughs> like thing. First of all, I clearly don't know how to caramelize anything because I burnt the pears. Low and slow. Yeah. I, and I was like, oh, I guess I should have read the recipe. Like, that's one thing. Don't like that's that. That is the thing with me is I don't read the. I go, oh, mm, yeah, mm, yeah. Okay. Ingredients. Great. And then I just mm -hmm. like throw it all in a pan and cook it. And then I burn the shit out of something <laughs> or like overcook, you know, don't even try to cook my, I don't cook meat well, unless I'm like purposefully trying to like, that's the reason why I use the instant pot when I cook most meat, because you have to like follow the rules to cook meat. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise it's going to turn out dry and disgusting and oversalted or, you know, whatever. But it's, uh, it was pears, coconut oil, water, and cinnamon. And the way you're supposed to do it is 
slice your pears up, heat the oil in a skillet over medium high, and then you add the pears, water, cinnamon, and then you stir it. And then you're supposed to cover it and cook it. And then don't stir it too much until the pears are softened and caramelized. So about 10 to 15 minutes. What I did was like turn it on high and just like stir like, the hell out of I it. Smoked out the whole house, you know. <laughs> Um, but either way, I was like, I'm doing this anyways. I'm going to serve it up. And it looked like a brown bunch of goo. It didn't look the best, but it was really good. I'm going to show you guys the picture. You're going to get to see the picture. But it actually tasted pretty good. It was. Drizzled the honey mm -hmm. on the top of it. And the pears were cooked and they were delicious. And they had, you know, even though the pears were dark brown on the outside, over caramelized, basically burnt. Um, they were still nice and sweet and um, and delicious inside. And we cleared our plates. So sure did. <laughs> on all of that, we cleared our plates. So it was a good experimental dinner. That's the thing. It's like, you know, when I have people out here that I've not ever uh, served anything to or whatever, I'll probably be a little more, I don't know, who knows, like, <laughs> but there's a whole experimental thing. I, there is an element of like, Kim, it's Kim. Yeah. It's my friend, yeah. you know, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, and I just go with the flow. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever's good for me. Well, it was delicious and I enjoyed cooking it. And so, um, I'm glad that, uh, it turned out Everything turned out pretty good. And I will try the banana pear bread with caramelized pears and honey again, possibly for the tasting. Nice. I, I think Redemption. I want to. Yeah, I think I want to try to play with it and try to figure out how to make it work. You sent Luna off to college a couple weeks ago, huh? I did. Yeah. Yeah. How's it feeling to have the first one headed to college now? It actually, I mean, it was nerve wracking, you know, leading up to it and taking her. Um, and, it was kind of funny because I guess everyone, you know, talks about how they cry and cry, you know, when they leave. Um, we were so exhausted. Like, I didn't have the energy to cry, you yeah. know, so it, that just wasn't a from thing. From getting but, ready to, for the move? Or, or no, like when just... after when I was taking, I dropped her off and we're leaving, you know, mm -hmm. and I just I was so tired. Mm -hmm. um, but she, she's doing good. Um, and I, I feel like our relationship has gotten better in a sense. Like, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, yeah. My house is cleaner, so yeah. that's a good thing. Uh -huh. um, but yeah. it, it's just, it's nice. It's yeah. nice. It's um, it's interesting to get even one more person out of the house, how it just brings the house down a little bit. And then, because you've got two more still at I home. I do. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty peaceful. We went through that, this podcast, basically, like in 2019, I had one that just went off to college then another one, like basically ours just peeled off, mm -hmm. you know, Lily is now, um, a sophomore and she is at A&M college station. Now Luna went to UTSA. UTSA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would say the first go, the first out of the house, she was calling me a lot sad and mm -hmm. missing and you know yeah she had called me and i um well actually i talked to her the next morning and she was like i almost called you last night to drive up and mm -hmm. I'm like i'm glad you didn't because i probably would have right. um yeah but it, it's it's good and like i'm trying not i'm not calling her i'm not trying you know yes. bothering her yeah. Yeah. i let her call me you know um yeah but which is hard but doing it well, that first year went by, that first semester went by, she learned that she hated her roommates. She learned that uh, her roommates were dirty, which I think is really fascinating because it's like, now she's the clean one. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, she was the dirtiest one of the house for all the years, mm -hmm. like until, well, that's not, that's not completely fair, but to a degree. And you just see them evolve into, you know, who they are now. But she texted me the other night. And this was after I'd had the two hypnosis sessions and she'd been, she'd been pretty hard on me where she's going in life currently is very different than where I am in life currently. So she just pledged a sorority. She's a tri-delt and everybody's like, what, you know, how did that happen? And I'm like, well, believe it or not, I was a Delta Zeta when I went to Texas A&M University and you picked up a junior league uh, coaster over there a while ago, you know? So, I mean, I did a lot of that same kind of stuff and, you know, I, trying to figure out my path, find my way. Well, you know, you it's know. just a different, different form of community. Oh yeah. Oh, you know, exactly. I mean, you've no. always been it's yeah. just doing yeah. it a different way. And she needed that. She wanted that really bad because because she was at Blinn her first year, she didn't really get to be involved in it the way she wanted to be involved in. It's like, Corlin went to college, went to university, 
and he didn't call home. He didn't like, he just, he like went straight into it and he did fish camp and it was the most wonderful thing in the world. And then he got in the freshman leadership organization and then he became the leader of the freshman leadership organization and they became the leader of fish camp and not the leader, but like, you mm -hmm. know, one of the, and so he just like went and he was on his own and he's just like a different like character all to begin with. But she didn't have, she didn't have the community the same way I think she thought she wanted or, or wanted to have it. And she's always been a little bit more interested in that kind of, I don't know, white collar privilege kind of, you know, she went to school in London, you guys. So <laughs> let's, <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't live in Corpus Christi, that's like the elite school district in our area. You know what I'm talking about. And so, you know, there's just this element of that in her right now that was in me when I was that age as well. In, in a lot of ways, she's kind of acted like I wasn't cool. You know, I think we were talking about this the other night when we had, uh, we, we went out the other night for a minute and had a, gone to, went to a wine dinner. I think we were talking about like, well, well, don't they know that we're like cool and that like people like us and that like, totally cool. we're really cool. I'm like, don't they know that? And I'm like, I keep hoping someday she's going to figure out that I'm cool. Well, well, I think what we need to figure out is maybe we aren't as cool as we think sometimes. No, you know what? No, honestly, I think it's the opposite. I think we need to just lean into our cool and mm -hmm. stop thinking we're not cool just because they're 19 year old, 18 year old telling us we're not cool. babies <laughs> that don't know shit yet. Exactly. You know, like just, the hypnosis thing happened the other day. And one of the things that we talked about in the hypnosis session was about my communication skills. And one of the things I told Michelle was that I have this tendency about me. I, I think you'll probably understand this, but I have this tendency about me that if you're not talking about something I think we need to be talking about, I don't fucking want to talk. Like, I don't even want to talk to you. Like, I, I'm just kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I just get, I get real bored with, you know, so it's like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a control thing. I, what I'm going to talk about is the most important thing or else I don't really have a great interest to talk about. Like, I don't want to talk about something. I'm going to say Gucci bags, but that's not a, a good excuse because you, you're, you want to talk about Gucci bags. Well, I, I don't want to talk about Gucci bags. I don't love, well, it's just, yeah. <laughs> you're different. She has a stylist business, by the way. She's actually a stylist. And so, um, I run across a lot of great vintage Gucci. Yeah. So well, I don't like the modern stuff so much. That's so but. cool. That's so cool. <laughs> that's actually like always one of my excuse, one of my like thing like I don't want to sit around the table and talk about purses and and I was like oh wait a minute if I was with Kim I'd want to talk about purses see, so it know, has to be the person I'm talking that's to that's true but I'm really <laughs> not enjoy it I do it but I'm not you know like really into it if that makes sense I mean I get them and then I turn them over and flip them you know yeah I don't need to have them in my life what so. you're into is the entrepreneurial spirit yes, yes. I, what I love about your business is when you're a stylist and you're selling all these cool vintage things that you get to like test it out first I and do <laughs> if it fits which yeah. it usually doesn't but that's yeah. okay. I could I could carry a vintage Gucci bag, by the mm -hmm. way. Don't 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 catch me wrong on that one. <laughs> but we were talking about my communication and we were talking about, you know, needing to be better, like less arrogant, less like more have more compassion. Like just because I don't think it's interesting or I don't want to talk about it doesn't mean that the other person doesn't need to be heard, you know? And she asked me some questions about like, who in my family, like, what is my communication? And we talked about, you know, all kinds of things, but we talked about Lily, all of the healing things I've done in life, like every single thing, especially in these last few years, when I've really like gone deep into like, I have got to figure out how to heal some of this stuff. And I've been really focused on letting go of those layers mm -hmm. and trying to let go of the old like survival techniques that I use, these control methods, these manipulative methods, whatever it was that I did, the habits that I learned as a child for protection, basically, that I can let them go now, mm -hmm. that I don't have to be reactive to everything everyone says or doesn't say that I can uh, just have more, I can respond. I don't have to react. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. So focusing on when I think about what's so important to me about the healing processes that I'm going through. Yes, it matters that I, I want to feel better in my body. Like I, I don't want to feel that anxiety in my stomach and in my heart every single day and all my joints and like every single day, I don't want to feel that. But bigger than that, the thing that hits me to my core is my relationship with my daughter and my mother, mm -hmm. the generations of mother, daughter, mother, daughter, right? The healing that we can get through. And I think that that's a part of my purpose. I think that I'm one of the 
parts of our generations that is here to help us heal some big things. I got a text from her the same day or the next day. And she said, Hey, mom, when you've come across or see, or if you have around the house or whatever, any, um, trinkets or little things that we could use to decorate, let me know. And she said, because, you know, I, I like the way you decorate. I, I think that you're, I said, well, what's your, cause I was like, well, what's the style? Because that's the thing. Yeah. Like, well, what's the style? What are y'all into? What do you want to put up up there? And she was like, basically like the way you decorate, like your kit, your living room, your, your bright colors, your, you know, whatever. And to me, that felt like a synchronistic, you're purposefully trying to be there for what you can be there for. Mm -hmm. And what they she, need. yes. Mm -hmm. And she does like you. Mm -hmm. And there are things that she thinks are cool about you. This goes back to some of the conversation we were having at dinner about the crap we tell ourselves inside of our head and that my higher power was telling me straight away today, listen, what you need to do is learn that you, Aislinn, are worthy of love. And I'm like, wow, because we don't, because somebody who's real arrogant in personality, like I have learned to be over the years to protect myself mm -hmm. basically. And I think I've learned, I learned that in the last 10 to 15 years. Like I think I might've picked it up a little bit. That, that arrogance, I, I think though, the way that I described it last week with Michelle was um, a bulldog in public, but the little scared puppy in mm -hmm. private, you know, it's that. It's like, I, I don't believe inside my own in, inner self, my inner child that I'm worthy of love. But when I'm out there in public, like, oh, you better recognize mm -hmm. I know everything and I'm the person that you, and, and if I don't want to talk about it, we're not talking about it. And if I don't, you know, whatever. And I just thought like, Going through this process of watching our children become adults is really scary because you get to this phase where they could just leave you and just not want to be a part of your life anymore. And, and I, it's funny because my mom said that to me, it wasn't that long ago about some anxiety about like, well, if I make you mad or if something happens, then you won't want to spend time with me. You won't want to hang out with me anymore. Or, you know, and I'm like, oh, well, my love is unconditional. Right. Like it's, yeah. that's never going to change. But it gets me thinking about, oh, these patterns of thought where it's like, oh, you, I could begin thinking like, oh, if I piss my kids off enough, they might right. not love me anymore. Me. They might not want to be a part of my life anymore. They might not, you know, whatever. And, and I, cause I could never imagine, I mean, I like to give myself plenty of bound. Or I, well, I need to learn better how to create boundaries, <laughs> but because I give myself a lot of space when I need space. And I wouldn't call that like a healthy boundary necessarily. The idea that she would think inside of her mind that I would ever like cut off my relationship with her that I could think that my daughter could do that to me. Right. And I don't think she could. No. I don't think that's the kind of children I raised. Well, that's As angry as they are yeah. sometimes. I mean, we, we have our moments, Luna and I, but I, you know, that unconditional love is everything. Yeah. But. Yeah. Unconditional love is such an interesting thing because that's one of the things that I've had to face in these recent times is um, feeling like if you cut somebody out of your life, um, that you don't love them unconditionally. And I learned that, no, you can cut somebody out of your mm -hmm. life and still, and love, still them love them unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's fascinating to uh, this, this new era of like midlife, new identity, mm -hmm. new season of Aislinn. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, I don't, I don't, I don't know who I am sometimes. And that's okay. Or maybe I know who I am, but I don't know where I'm going and, and what's the point and, and, and why. And I'm still trying to figure. Maybe that's the beauty of it. I think that, I think that there's an element of just not, not knowing. I think that a huge part of my arrogant nature is saying, I know this. And what I'm learning now, I don't know this, <laughs> is that I don't know this. I don't know anything. Mm -hmm. I really don't. Like, mm -hmm. I know what I think, and I know what I've been taught, and I know what I have created, but I don't really know anything.
I know. I know. <laughs> I, I just always say, you know, I'm just so glad my kids aren't assholes. You yeah. know, I didn't raise assholes. Yeah, no, <laughs> my kids are amazing. Mm-hmm. Just I, and I don't even, I, I can't take credit for any of that because I just parented. I don't even know, like I, I just I just did the best I could. Right. No, yeah. You don't I, think I, about it. You I, just I, do. Yeah. I, I don't know that there was anything I did that was right. You know, I just loved them. Right. And that's all you can do. And 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 constantly told them that whatever they did, whatever they chose to do, you know, that that was okay. But I, I react very emotionally. Like, sh- Cortland came over here the other day and I was sitting on the couch crying and blah, blah, blah. And I thought later on, I was like, that is not what he wants to do. Right. He does not want to come over here and be my freaking counselor, mm-hmm. you know, but he's, but there's a habit there that, you know, and, and he's going to be quick to get married and not come home all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he's here in Corpus Christi right now and I've only seen him a couple of times. He's not like hanging out over here on my kids. I mean, why would he, right? Cause he's going to come over here and I'm going to sit on the couch and cry. <laughs> And tell him all my problems. You know, he's like, mom, I did that for 18 years. I did my duty. I don't want to do that anymore. And I get it. And I appreciate that for him. And so I think that like this era of life, you know, some of the things you're dealing with, you know, Mm -hmm. you still got two at home, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think that there's elements like we've talked about, there's elements of things like my kids count on me for things, but it's not. It's not the same as having them at home counting on oh, things. It's totally different. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm in that space of like emptiness that feels sad. Or maybe we just were taught that it's supposed to feel sad. Right. Because it's the freedom I've been looking for mm-hmm. all my life. You know, the opportunity to cook whatever the heck I want to or not cook. You know, wash the dishes or not wash the dishes. Yeah. Not feel resentment about doing chores. Just getting stuff done around my house. Oh yeah. There's not a, any set timeline or you mm-hmm. don't have to do something. It's kind of freeing. Yeah. And so nice. I think that I'm, I think that I'm learning to lean into that now. Finally, I think the first months or so, I mean, it's like, I, I didn't know. I don't think I knew what I was doing. I, I said, I think, I think I was upside down. I felt like there was this element of me that was just like upside down, no clue what I'm doing here. And then I think that I'm finally, you know how like when you flip a bobber upside down and you can like hold it underwater upside down, mm-hmm. I think I was like holding myself underwater. And then all of a sudden when I decided to stop holding myself underwater and maybe that's because the hypnosis kind of helped or maybe the trip, the long oh, drive, all yeah, all of, all of it. And it's like, I, I just let go and I just went Whoop! and flipped back and then popped to the top of the water. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like a different person again. Mm-hmm. It's kind mm-hmm. of fascinating. Yeah. I like this new season of Eastland. Oh, <laughs> that's why I love you. <laughs> I mentioned that you're a stylist and an entrepreneur. Tell us about your business. Tell us how, what do you, what do you do um, and where can we find you? So my business is called Metropolis. I source vintage, pretty carefully curated pieces. I definitely have a style. Yeah. Um, everyone would say gaudy, but no. Yeah, I like it. I do too. But it's definitely a style. You can find my pieces. Um, I have a section upstairs at Renaissance Antiques um, mm-hmm. on Antique Row. I am also in 2020 Vintage. I'm super lucky to be in like the two best vintage stores in Corpus Christi. Nice. Which is really nice. Um, And then I'm also on Etsy. Yeah. So people Um, can find you that are online. Right. Right. So you'll have to send me the link to your Etsy stuff and I'll Mm -hmm. put it in the show notes. Perfect. That way if somebody's, you know, floating around out there in the world, they can check it out. And then our locals, you know, know where to find the vintage stuff as well. And Kim is amazing creative. I think that that's a big, that's the thing. So we used to do the, um, the newspaper together in college. A long time ago. So it started with a creative, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I used to look up to you. I still look up to you, but back then, Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, like when I first met you, man, Mm -hmm. I just thought you were like, like I was a little bit intimidated by you. 
because you so were bizarre. Like, you were like so powerful and you were the photographer and you were, you had a, a column that was yours. I did. And How fun. I, I wanted that. The coolest thing is that, I mean, so it was just Del Mar. I mean, not just Del Mar because it's this a great junior school, college, but yeah, yeah. junior college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I requested p- press passes for South by Southwest. Yes. And I got a whole like music festival pass, like a badge and I got to go like backstage. I mean, it was just like awesome. Uh-huh. I had all kinds of access yeah and i was like at a little i mean you know just a junior college right. which is again not just right but it was just really cool yeah you know but i sometimes think that that stuff has more to do with our sagittarius nature that like <laughs> lucky like magical personality that we have because think about your life Every vacation you've ever been on, every night you've ever gone out, the number of things people have offered us in -hmm. terms of like backstage passes and special VIP events and special dinners and just all kinds like I've had so many things given to me, offered to me, special, you know. It's nice. It's like nice. Hot air balloon rides. <laughs> oh, my, that's fun. My first night headed out on my road trip, a friend of mine had a hookup for a hot air balloon ride. And so here I go setting off on my trip with no plans outside of where I'm going to sleep and then I'm driving to Michigan. And the very first thing I do is go in a hot air balloon that's ride. so much fun. Of course. So cool. Of course but that's did. exactly no, how it works. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. exactly how it works. I love it. I love it. Okay. Let's do the random question thing. Um, I'll go ahead and let you draw. Am I supposed to say unanswered questions? No. No. Because this is random <laughs> questions. Oh. <laughs> random questions. <laughs> Sorry. It was funny because um, how that, that got like, that's like permanently stuck when I have an un- unanswered question mm-hmm. now because... Whitney did that. She was like sitting there and I was like, okay, I have an unanswered question. And she goes, unanswered question. And then I thought I heard it last, maybe or today from last you week. Did. With you Michelle. did. Okay. I, I go, that was so good. I go, I need that recorded. And so I made her record it. And I was like, you're about to be the unanswered questions, oh, like tagline mm-hmm. or whatever. And so that's how that happened. All right. Draw a question here. And um, I will, you can hand it back to me and I'll ask it of you. If you were very attractive, if you... <laughs> I'm ugly. <laughs> Would you use your looks to get ahead? Well, I am very attractive, so. Um, you know, I think I've always been more, um, more into my brain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not ugly per se, but I don't think I'm like the most attractive person in the room. So, you know, yeah. I had to use my smarts. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just arrogant enough to believe I'm the most attractive person in the room. And I, <laughs> hell yeah, I've used my attractiveness to get what I wanted. I use everything I can to get what I want. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, if it's my brain that you want, well, I'm yeah, going to give yeah. you a good brain. <laughs> if it's uh, my good mouth that you want, I'm going to give you a good talk or whatever. If it's my looks that you want, actually I have, to, I've had to learn how to, that can get you in trouble mm-hmm. using your looks to get what you want. Well, I also think that's why I'm such a good dresser is because mm-hmm. I have to like make up for other things. Yeah. You know? So I think you're attractive. Well, thank you. I, I'm I attracted that. to you. <laughs> well, thank you. I've always been attracted to you. I think you're great. Thank so. you. Thank you so much for joining us for dinner tonight. Of course. It was my pleasure. You were on, uh, I think, season two, maybe. If you guys wanted to go back and look, you can find a, an old episode where you hear uh, the old episode with the old cast and all the old things that were occurring. Or maybe you don't go back, or, or you can if you want to, whatever. But either way, Kim has been it's on here twice. The new season. So it's no. the new season. So don't go You're back. like, don't go back. Just go <laughs> forward. Aislinn, just go forward. They're not going back anymore. Um, I love it. I love that uh, we get to have these great conversations every week and you all join us here at the table. And I'm grateful, so grateful to those of you that are supporting the podcast and also those of you that are supporting my Patreon channel as well and all the things that we're doing here. And if you would please tell a friend about the podcast, if you think it's interesting, if you're finding interesting conversations coming up, I think the conversations are pretty fascinating. I think that it's interesting to see. It's not that I don't know people. I know, I know everybody, some people I know more than others, but when you don't set a script, but you just kind of come up with some ideas of things that you might have in common to talk about, and then you just let it fly. 
it's it's exactly what I wanted for a podcast. Mm -hmm. Just like who knows what's Mm going to come out of our mouths or what we're going to say. And it's funny because the first couple of seasons, I would feel like I might be afraid of saying certain things, you know, and, and when we were editing, a lot of the editing was, oh, I don't, I don't want to say that or, oh, that, you know, um, I also think that in the past, I kind of always felt like I was the bitch of the podcast. And now I understand a little bit more about what you was happening. The <laughs> I was the villain. I was the Omarosa. Mm-hmm. I said that several, I think I might've even said that in a podcast or at least said that too. Like, don't make me the Omarosa of the podcast, mm-hmm. you know? And so now it's really fascinating to just, I don't care. I don't care if you think I'm Omarosa, fine. If you don't agree with my political stance on whatever, fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I, I just want to be honest and open. And I, and I do think that it's important that the work that I'm doing uh, to understand the arrogant nature that isn't necessarily who I am or not isn't necessarily isn't who I am, uh, but understand how it comes across you know, and, and if, and, and if it's not being, if compassion is not being received from the messages that I'm giving, I want to understand that because I want to be attractive, but not just good looking. Right. I want people to know that I'm a safe, kind friend with a safe place for healing and love and joy and peace. Because I know a lot of people say those words, mm-hmm. but that's been the core of everything I've been doing all of my life. That's the important part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about for me. And all of the other crap that comes along with it, the arrogance and the controlling and all of the other crap is fear mm-hmm. and being afraid that I'm not going to be liked by everybody. And you know what? I'm not yeah. going to be liked and by everybody. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Love you. Bye. Bye.